0: Live from the Talking Joe studios, it's Talking
1: Joe. Talking Joe is on the air.
2: Hmm, sorry, yeah, uh, you just caught me contemplating the Baroness figure uh, there. Might, I might be returning to that uh, shortly. Welcome to Talking Joe, streaming live and direct at the time of recording after that it's not live but still fairly direct uh, today we will be taking our second look at the G.I. Joe 40th anniversary special which this amazing recreation uh, of the classic issue 21 silent interlude by a host of G.I. Joe uh, artists from uh, the pantheon of uh, the IDW uh, uh, legends let's call them why not Without too much ado, do, uh, let's introduce who we will be talking to. First up, it's the man Adam Riches. Hello, how's it there going? Go. <laughs> Good. It's another copy sold. All <laughs> well, right. Well, at least in the in the hands of of somebody. So so we've got the got the stats. We've got at least I think I've, I've got evidence of at least five copies of this out in the at in least the world five. now at least five great to have you on board adam let's uh, let's bring some more people into the stream next up we have got casey maloney hi everybody i got mine <laughs> what <laughs> at least six at least six now we've got evidence so we had casey on not too long ago we were talking about his issue uh, 289 in our podcast behind the scenes so yes, great uh, great to have you back Nice um, it's a uh, what's what's always more surprising to me than a, a guest joining us. Another returning guest. It's the man, Andrew Lee Griffiths. How are you? Hi.
0: How are you? Just singular Griffith though, not, not
2: plural. <laughs> it, that that was me, that was me doing the thing rather than uh, yes a Griffith stop. Yes. So again, uh, returning uh, guest, we had you back. Uh, when just after issue two eight six the the storm shadow uh, untold tale had uh, shortly uh, Come come out uh, and you you talked about that as well as your experience of the uh, murder by assassination arc, And uh, and since since then you've had another issue out so
0: (laughs) You have it's this one. (laughs) It's yes.
2: Yes. Yes. It's it's, the cover guard one. Yeah 290 the october guard so maybe we'll talk about that in a, in a little bit as well yeah. but uh i'm uh, uh I'm, I'm doing this at a slightly later hour than normal in somewhat dark south coast of uh, england where are you guys uh, talking to me from today let's start this direction Andrew,
3: uh, if, if we're looking <laughs> Adam, at the same Adam. grid as you uh, i am coming to you from the tampa bay area of florida excellent
0: I'm in uh um, Southern
4: California, Ventura, California.
2: I'm in Pennsylvania. Very good, and and you're in 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 these interesting locations there. So so my eyes is sort of slightly zooming in on on um, the array of things, sort of ordered very precisely behind uh, Adam. So Adam, what, let's let's talk about the space that that you're in briefly.
3: Uh, Yeah, so I I spend most of my life in this space at either the desk that I'm looking at now that you can't see, or this computer here, uh, where I work all day, you know, surrounded by oodles and oodles of plastic. Uh, This is a (laughs) case full of the complete Kenner 1977 to 1983 vintage Star Wars figures. Uh, Up here, we've got a Save the Clock Tower Back to the Future poster, the original (laughs) cover, Larry Hama's original cover art for uh, Real American Hero 161, next to the printed cover. Oh, wow. Uh, here is a 27 by 40 GA Joe the movie theater poster. Here is a variety of GA Joe card art that I did, but certainly not all of it. Uh, Devil's New Culver Law poster, some Mattel wrestling figures, some modern era GA Joes, a necklace tape of Marshmallow Man, GA Joe Ford America that I covered all concisely. Uh, here, here's Thank a bottle very of much. New Coke.
2: New Coke. for display purposes only. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent, and uh, and uh, Andrew, you're in uh, your—is it your workspace with uh, your studio?
0: My office or studio, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, I've got also like um, a lot of like vintage. That's my Cobra side up there with like vintage um, some of my original toys and stuff I've restored, and then some of like the artwork I've worked on and things like some some of the few originals I've held on to, and then I've got some Mm -hmm. vintage Star Wars stuff up there, um, some of my original Transformers below it. And then up above me, it's a bit of a challenge I'm in my computer, but it's more like the Joes and stuff. um And then I've got some more Star Wars. I'm sorry, yeah, some more Star Wars and Transformer stuff over there. But my Rattler and stuff. So it's just kind of a mix like GI Joe, Transformers, and Star Wars stuff.
2: Excellent. I was I was admiring on Twitter just the other day some of the photos that you'd posted oh, yeah, of yeah, your yeah, yeah, yeah. of your setup.
0: Someone, someone reshared that. I had taken a picture of my setup. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you had the like it was basically like all the classic 82s in, you know in the base uh yes, you know yes, it's just yes. that that's for, for me it's the it's the classic year uh, yes,
0: yeah for sure. like i i i went through a phase during the lockdown where i was like collecting um or re- recollecting reestablishing my collection of like the original straight arm ones for some reason oh wow my so like, okay. mind to just get all the straight arm ones the original 12 with the original first year vehicles cuz most of mine were broken so mm. over the years excellent
2: so yeah and, and casey do, do you have do you have your own sort of gi joe kind of museum behind you there's <laughs> like, the <laughs> no, this is,
4: like this is my shotgun shack studio here so this is where i work all the time my computer's right here and stuff and i draw right here on the table and paint and everything yeah i don't really have any toys or memorabilia around here right now Aww. i got i got my little artist mannequin that's about it
2: it's <laughs> 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 yes, got a busted
4: leg though but yeah and- uh Wherever I can work, I squeeze it in. Wherever space I got.
2: <laughs> Excellent. And I think uh, we've got our final guest uh, of today uh, lined up in the waiting room. Uh, do you want to give a thumbs up if you can? If you're if you're all set. Here we are. It's one Yay. of the. It's the man who's worked on probably more issues of Geo Joe than than anyone else apart from Larry Hammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the true god of gi joe it's uh james brown uh good to have you with us today
1: thanks for having me glad i could make it yeah,
2: nice to yeah, meet absolutely. you absolutely same here so what sort what sort of uh what sort of setup have you got in your room have you got have you got uh, your own work. Have you got toys? What sort of things have you got going on?
1: Um, I, I've got I've got toys. I haven't been keeping up as much lately, just because I, I haven't been getting to lots of shops. But I'm a big fan of uh, poster art and a lot of the Alex Ross paintings. Just I, I think it's fantastic stuff. So, um, it looks like uh, comic book art, but um, you know, painted uh, painted quality as well. So I have a, a few of those Alex Ross paintings behind me.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Let's uh, let's have a zoom in on some of those yeah. as well. I love... Yeah, Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I love about a bit of some Alex Ross. Figures,
1: some marble figures in the background there too.
2: Excellent. Have you built up any, any a G.I. Joe collection of your own? You've been tempted while, to deal with your...
1: For a while there, I was getting some of the, the classic figures, but the thing would be, I would get the figure of a character that i had coloured. So for a while there, that would be fun to say, oh, I'm working on this issue and... Here's, uh, you know, uh, whether it be a, a, a different type of Cobra Viper or one of the more obscure Joes, I'd, I'd uh, be coloring them. Even if it was a small character in the background, I would find them and uh, add them to the toy collection. But I just, I, I did too many characters. I couldn't keep up.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. Um, so, so uh, as a bit of um, uh, a segue into, I guess, some of the, the background here. So, uh, for example, Um, Adam, I know you've got worked on uh, issues uh, or art with many characters on them, and particularly I'm thinking of this one, the (laughs) issue uh, 212. I believe that this is something like 280 characters?
3: I think you got it, yep. Is that
2: on the right lines? How did that one come about?
3: Kind of a long, convoluted thing, but I had been trying to get work on the GA Joe comic, on the GA Joe toys, anything GA Joe for the longest time. Finally started doing action figure packaging artwork, had been trying for the longest time to get to do comics, and was then tell- telling the editor, Carlos, at the time, you know, now I'm working on the action figures, but it just wasn't really getting me anywhere. And then it was just sort of a perfect storm that I guess from wearing them down or whatever. I found out that there was an availability to do a store exclusive. It coincided with Joe con that year. I was able to partner that up with a store that I really like. And basically when it was the death of snake eyes, I started thinking about concepts and there's that really great America's elite cover. That's basically like the counterpoint to this, but you know, I think Cobra has the cooler costumes anyway. And, uh, (laughs) When I finally got my first chance to work on a Joe book I just thought what's the most absolutely outlandish over-the-top thing I could do that'll make a huge impression that no one will ever forget and so uh, it was this and uh, that's how that happened and then shortly after that they offered me the chance to do a eight-issue run doing covers with action figure variants.
2: Uh-huh. Oh yes so the action figure variants I think I've got an example uh, of one of them here we go yep. So so this is so so in terms of talking about the main man of this particular issue snake eyes it's not the first time that that you've in, encountered him in terms of no, uh, yeah. pa- pages of idw so so at some points you you got asked to do the this this series of what was it something like eight ish yeah.
3: eight of yeah eight of these um and some of them were really straightforward like this is pretty much an exact recreation so i was just trying mm. to find ways to make them visually interesting and so because otherwise why not just use a photo honestly so that's why the color from the the liner card carries over to the background but on some of them like zap i was able to give the figure a mustache that he never had or like on cobra (laughs) commander i gave him the mickey mouse chest logo and painted gloves on his card art like just little fun easter egg stuff that i thought the really hardcore fans would appreciate
4: how did you paint these by the way
3: um I don't have the photo, obviously, to, to show myself, but these are all totally traditional. They're all gouache, acrylic, and colored mm. pencil, with the wow. exception of the logos and the bubble.
4: That's really cool. Yeah, I need to get some gouache.
3: Yeah, it was fun to play with. I uh, it, it was <laughs> a lot of work though, because uh, I think that... I, I had already been doing action figure packaging at this point, but it was like a, a very strange thing to try and paint a flat card and a three-dimensional figure sitting atop that card, like yeah. in traditional media, so true yeah
4: and did you use the the fire is different on everyone or is that taken from the card the original Um, card
3: they're all pretty similar to the originals as much as i could get them yeah i mean i think they wanted them to be totally straight homage which i'm 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 a little mixed on honestly like you know part Mm. of me would have rather have just done something wholly original or or even new stuff like i wanted to do vehicle drivers on single cards but you know
4: you do what you're told that ties (laughs) into the the Silent interlude too, paying homage or copying? Absolutely, yeah. So here's
2: here's a question. Here's a good question for for everybody. <laughs> on from Di- Diana says, on a side note, I always had fun imagining what Snake Eyes was pointing at in his original <laughs> card That's art. True. That is fun. Any guesses?
4: <laughs> I would say an enemy for sure. Or a <laughs> snow-covered cliff to
0: climb, or something. Maybe desperately wants somebody to pull his finger, but he can't say it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He's doing the the Babe Ruth thing where he like targets where he's gonna shoot, you know? He's calling like it, t- yeah. tipping the hat to where he's gonna like
0: or <laughs> in billiards like calling the corner of the pocket. Yep. Takes guts.
2: <laughs> Very good. So um so how did anyone get into G.I. Joe? Uh what was your first experience of G.I. Joe, and specifically what was your first experience of the silent interlude issue? And and may, maybe if we start we'll sort of keep keep with you for for a second, Adam, because you're, you're you either look sort of incredibly youthful, <laughs> <laughs> or or possi- well, possibly uh, you got into GI Joe slightly uh, a slightly different period to to the to the rest of us. Because I guess in terms of when that that golden period hit and and how old you know a typical toy consumer was, you know. There's a there's a bracket there. I think for the for the typical uh, GI Joe uh, enthuse, enthusiast. So so yeah, curious to 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 hear how uh, how you first in, encountered it because it might not have been uh, in '82. Yeah, uh,
3: <laughs> I, I didn't exist in '82. <laughs> I, I think I'm sort of a second wave G.I. Joe fan. I think if you look at the fandom online, it, it's really like there's that like 82 to 88-ish window, and then there's that like 89 to 94, and I definitely fall more into into that bracket. So um, the first figures I remember getting as a kid were probably, I mean, I don't know the exact date, but let's say like late 89, early 90, somewhere about there. I definitely would have come into the brand probably by way of the Deke cartoon. Um, I don't know if I oh, was no. the cartoon or figures first. Comic definitely was after. I think it was just one of those things, though, that it's like once I found it, I was instantly hooked. And unlike a lot of kids that, you know, go through changes and outgrow things and stuff, I didn't. I never, ever stopped G.I. Joe, ever. So (laughs) that's how this happened. You know, and I I think that it was an interesting thing because in a a pre-internet world, like, I'm watching these reruns of Sunbow and I'm picking up back issues. And I'm wondering why are there not toys of all these obvious characters that there should be, like Destro (laughs) and Baroness, you know? And so... Uh, then it was, then it started to become, you know, newspaper classifieds, flea markets, yard sales, comic book stores. And that's when I started, you know, uh, hitting up friends, older brothers. And, and this is how I eventually started to piece together all the stuff that I was missing. Um, but yeah, and, and kind of same deal with the comic. Like, I don't remember exactly what my jump on point was, but I definitely have distinct memories of finding like random back issues and like multi-packs or like pharmacies, grocery store, stuff like that. So it really wasn't until much later, like probably in my early 20s, that I was actually able to read the story in continuity. Because, like at the time, I was only able to find what I could find, you know. So I, right. I had handfuls. Of one just,
2: issue like, here, one random issue there. issues.
3: Yep. So you know, between um, that and file cards, there you go. So that's uh, <laughs> that's probably <laughs> right around the time that I, I jump on. I mean, I'm I'm obviously those issues are before I, that photo is probably around 1994, if I had to guess. So. Those issues are probably already three or four years old at that point. Um, so, not sure where I got them, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm proud of childhood me for knowing to bag and board his stuff even then. That's why I still have those very issues to this day. Um, I, and I like the headband too. Yeah, was, I, I don't know if I was going for a quick kick or what was happening there, but uh, uh, <laughs> right. you, you can spot a way. a battle copter and a a piranha in the background there. Yeah. So it's, it's at least <laughs> 1993.
2: And <laughs> and clock that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, you sent me another another photo, oh. let's sh- share that at the same time. Yeah, so uh, just
3: ignore my bad hiking sandals. But this is uh, this was on the front page of a newspaper in 2005. Uh, this is just a, a little more nerd cred. I was digging through quarter bins trying to piece together the, the final remnants of my collection then. So it's been a, a real lifelong love affair with all things G.I. Joe. But the, the comic took a real <laughs> long time just because the, the avenues to acquire them weren't quite as easy. It
4: looks fun.
3: Oh, and and the guy that's sitting there right now is still my best friend to this day. And a fun fact for the the viewers that uh, ultimately became the model for what would become my packaging art for the Ghost Rider Jonas Jeffries figure uh, twenty years later. So.
2: <laughs> cool. I was uh, yeah. I was looking. I was only looking at that just a little bit earlier. Excellent. So, uh, if we go, if we go, d- continue down the column. So Casey, uh, what about, but what about you? Um, what was your uh, sort of into to GIGO? and specifically, when did you first encounter issue 21?
4: Uh, I would say I'm kind of in a weird bracket too. I was born in 81. So it was definitely peaking around then I would say like, but I was too young for it. Yeah. Then I was yeah, yeah. too old for the later stuff too. I feel like when that all blew up too but uh, I definitely had toys and stuff I liked the cartoons and everything you know if I was a bit young for him but I remember playing with all the toys and stuff I never got into the comics actually I did uh, read silent interview silent interlude years ago and really like it just because I like like pantomime stories like no words sometimes so that one really stuck with me so I was happy to be able to draw a page from it that's for sure but yeah I don't have any I'm not much of a collector of things. I don't have toys. I've got comics and stuff, but I did mm. miss the GI Joe comics, unfortunately, but I'm learning okay. to appreciate them now. That's for sure.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so An- Andrew, uh, what was your, what was your aim for, for the GI Joe comics and, and specifically, when did you first encounter issue 21?
0: Well, I, I was first into the toys. I remember that was my first exposure. I saw them on a store shelf at a, Got my parents to get me some for my birthday, and then the comics I don't think had been out yet. And my first experience with like um, the comics was my cousins always were a little bit older than me, and they had like um, I don't know like imported Japanese robot toys and um, Micronauts and things that were just a little bit before me. And they had some of the early Jejo issues. So when we go to like visit their house, um, I'd, I'd read some of those issues and stuff. But my first Jejo issue was like twenty. Three or twenty-four, the one with um, when the, when they go to the swamp and meet Zartan and stuff. That time, that right, era. Right, right, um, right. And I saw so, but I don't remember exactly where Silent Interlude kind of popped up in my life. I, it, my brother had a copy of it early on, so I probably just kind of like read that as much as I could, you know, and just remember it being like a classic, um, groundbreaking issue. But I don't remember like one specific moment where I discovered it, you know.
2: But uh, yeah, um, I'm guessing that in in the intervening years you've you've sort of have digested it and uh probably left a an impression once oh, once sure. it did
0: like and i don't know why but i always had like this this interest in like recreating old classic comics like for some reason like the um like the original like marvel secret wars i always thought it'd be fun to like kind of redraw those issues or like mm-hmm. classic gi joe issues so like when this came along this project it was like perfect for me because it's something i kind of always wanted to do not that i felt that i could improve on the original but just for the pure fun of like recreating it i guess
2: (laughs) right right yeah thought that's already percolate percolating sounds perfect Mm -hmm. james what about what about you when did you first get the gi joe comics on on your radar and and did you encounter issue 21 specifically at at some point before this
1: well my my original gi joe experience was the 12 inch gi joes i was i was born in the 60s so my gi joes were the full-size um full-size dolls with kung fu grip and uh (laughs) realistic hair so um and i just i had all of the gi joe toys and and equipment and costumes and it it was a blast so the gi joe comics of the 80s i wasn't i wasn't reading gi joe comics in the 80s. I was reading other books, but G.I. Joe wasn't one of them. But when I started working on Joe professionally, or I started, you know, coloring the book, you, you can't be a G.I. Joe artist and not be familiar with what the silent issue is and what it means to Joe comics. So, and I, I read it early on and I, I understood how how significant it was and how unique it was. And mm-hmm. um, being able to sort of do another version of it all these years later is just just a, a, an honor actually
2: yeah I've got in the in the comments uh, Scotty has uh, has chipped in and this is sort of interesting and it's talking to I guess the uh, this the 40th anniversary aspect of this that that um, you know the intergenerational side of things that you you can be sort of encountering uh, GI Joe in so at so many different points and iterative you know elements of it sort of you know across the years that it could could be the the 12 inch that that um uh, jay was talking about it it could be you know right in that that peak of 82 when when things were being launched could have been later on in the neon era or or like scott it could have even been later later on um when he uh, he said the starting point was seeing sigma six on monday mornings then finding uh, marvel uh, gi joe comics at a yard sale and uh then then later a sort of you know interacting with the the rise of cobra movie and uh and yeah then then seeing some of the the disavowed the devil's due era uh, stuff so so and then and then finding yes the the silent interlude much much later so i think we've all come at uh, come at this thing you know from from different eras potentially and a different different routes to 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 finding it so uh yeah getting getting back on track to to the this 40th anniversary issue it's itself what was the what was the first point that that you found out about it and, and uh you know what was that process like did they give you a list of what was still available to 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 choose or uh, and how long were you, you given? So that's a number of questions, but uh, maybe you can. I'll, I'll remind you if if, uh, if we're not covering them. Uh, so so Adam, what was what was the process like for for finding out about this project?
3: So I was prepared for this question. So I actually went and looked. So uh, <laughs> the night of January twenty first was when I first heard about this. I don't think it had been solicited yet. I'm pretty sure, otherwise I would have known because I'm a GI Joe reader as well as uh, somebody that works on it. Uh, I started drawing it three days later on the 24th. Uh, I was wrapped by February 9th. Book was out April 13th. So fast, I guess, is is the, is the short answer to all of your questions. Um, at the time that I was contacted, I was basically said all in one email, which I imagine was a form letter that we probably all got, said, this is what it is. Do you want to work on it? This is the rate. This is the deadline. And at that time, it was like, Everything's available first come first serve, and there was a PDF of the whole book, which I certainly didn't need because I have like twenty copies of it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if um, at that time, so it was, everything was up for grabs. So I wrote back in like all of two seconds. I was shopping at a Target with my girlfriend at the time I received that email, um, and said yes, yes, and yes, and this would be priority one. This would be priority two. And I think the two pages they requested were the one I got or the final page where the tattoo is revealed. Which I think Ron Joseph ultimately got.
2: Yeah. So first come, first let's get in quick. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent, uh, Casey. What about what about you?
4: Oh, I can corroborate all that. I got the the same email in front of me and everything on the evening of the twenty first, yeah. and I asked for uh, twenty two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then and then seven because twenty two got taken. But I was yeah. happy with seven. Okay, very happy. with Excellent. Seven. And I finished so, mine on inks and everything. It took me like four days or something, I think, till it inked mm-hmm. it and everything, send it off. So pretty quick turnaround. I don't know. Yeah, That's there was good. no. Deadline. Well, there was a deadline, I think, but it, yeah, it wasn't. A, a, plenty of time. So put it that way.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, and Andrew, what about but what about you? Did you? Uh, were you able to get in there with uh, your list pretty quick smart before all of these other whippersnappers picked up their, their favorite yeah. choices?
0: I had heard about it like months ahead of time because um, I was working on, uh, what's it called? Um, what was it? Murder by Assassination. Yeah. And I realized, you know, this year was going to be the 40th anniversary. So I had emailed Tom, the editor and I was like, um, you know, if you guys are doing anything for the 40th, like I'd love to do like, I don't know like a wraparound cover or a big battle scene or something like I had done a huge, Um, Hmm. big transformers like commission that has like 100 some characters on kind of like the things that adam was showing there and uh, i'd love to do something like that with gi joe like a big battle or something but like i was thinking something like that could be cool but he said well we have plans for a 40th anniversary thing so when that comes along we'll definitely get back to you and then like like he was saying just that email went out with a pdf and you know pick what pages you'd be interested in and i i like responded as quickly as i could I thought I'd like I really wanted to do the first page, but I figured that would be taken, so I didn't even pick that. So I <laughs> others, and they got back, and they said, sure, you can do 22. So that was fine, but I was just starting to work on that October Guard issue, 290, I guess, and then um, I was busy with that, so I said, can I have some extra time? And a week or two later, they got back, and they're like, sorry, we kind of mixed things up and double build uh-huh. page 22, and Ron Joseph has it, so do you want to pick another page? There's one or two that are still available, so they gave me Kind of, I could pick from what was left. So, um, so, so that's why, like in the back of the book, they said, "Well, what we can do is throw in, if you want to still draw up what you would have done for twenty two, we can throw that in the back of some pencils." So,
2: yeah, I can. Uh, while we're talking about it, I'll I can flick to, uh, flick to that particular page. I think uh, it was there. We go twenty. Oh yeah. So here we go. It's uh, this one on. Okay. The, uh on the left here so in the back of the book there's there's this sort of like little sketchbook section which it sort of shows off some you know some process pages and and things like that uh but um uh yeah it sort of prompts the question it's like oh we've got a we've got an extra page here as a as a bonus content which is yeah the only the only page that oh, i guess we've got we've got twice so um it's a very cool to see it so so that's that's the story is that no, is that, that you end-
0: claw there i was using as reference <laughs> Wait, yeah. that was my yeah. original one. like an 83 is like an easter gift or something that's awesome
2: yeah grab from your your twitter uh, feed there uh, it's yeah the, uh, the, uh, the yeah Charlotte that's your char- that's your childhood claw that's fantastic the,
0: the Charlotte was one of those straight arm ones i was recollecting during the pandemic on ebay
2: uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, in the middle, as, w- as well, we're looking at as well, this was this in- incredible Scarlet uh, commission that, I don't know, this must be a couple of years ago Yeah, now? A year,
0: few years back before I had done any G.I. Joe issues. Yeah, just um, for some reason, I was suddenly getting a batch of like, G.I. Joe commissions coming in. I love that. That's
1: really
2: good. Yes, yeah. No, you it's, know what that extra-
0: was? I know what that was. When, when the pandemic first happened, everything locked down. They, there was that charity thing where comic artists did Yeah. Pieces for comic stores to to help keep them open and stuff, and I put up like um, as an option, like a GI Joe character, a Transformers character, and like a superhero team or something. And that was the GI Joe one. That's what that was.
2: Yeah. 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 Excellent. Yeah, and a lovely bit of synchronicity as well that we've got this kind of silent yeah. interlude, adjacent piece that uh, uh, that that you pr- produced. Which yeah, they should have put that as a bonus in the book, shouldn't they? Um, <laughs> But uh, <laughs> there we go. Can't can't uh, do that. Um, and uh, we've got a comment just come in. It's a uh, you know breaking news. Uh, I think I'm I'm the only one missing out on the beard <laughs> here. So well, I don't know.
3: A few more days yeah. of work, I
2: think, to to it's, work on that. It's just the comic uh,
3: artist lifestyle.
2: You know? and... <laughs> cool. Um,
4: reclusive. Hmm. Yeah, we're all Obi Wan Kenobi, here. <laughs> living in caves,
2: and then um, and then Jay. Of course, you didn't you didn't get to pick um, a page because you you had to do them all. So yeah, I'm, greedy. I'm
1: greedy like that. Mm. Um, Tom Tom Waltz, our editor, informed me this this year I'd be loaded up with as much Joe as I could handle. So um, I'm fortunate that I I got my hands on all of them, which was fantastic to, to be able to do um, but uh yeah that's uh I didn't I didn't have to choose one particular page so that was uh kind of a a special treat
4: excellent but i feel like Thanks. it needed you as a common thread through all of them as well to kind of tie it all together for sure because that,
1: that definitely happens but you know it, it would have also it would have also been interesting to see you know 22 different color styles or different true. rendering styles I mean that that would have worked as well but you know, there's the, something we said for unifying um, palette and, and style that sort Yeah, of it. it helps with but the storytelling for sure. Adapt. I try to adapt to different, all the different art styles are in the book too. So so it would look good with, I, I try to make every, try to have the color style work with every artist's particular uh, talent and, and um, style.
3: I'm curious what your turnaround time was like knowing that there was some people that waited so long to submit their (laughs) page. Did you have like three days to finish the whole book?
1: (laughs) It's just, I don't sleep a whole lot. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was, the pages didn't come in, in order. Um, but that wasn't a big deal because we knew what the book was going to be. We, We knew what, what would, you know, happen from, you know, page 17 to page 18, um, and to to know exactly what the what the the scene would be in the in the story, but then you get the page from from you know so many different art styles. It's trying to make sure that what you do ends up honoring what the artist wanted to to bring forth. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've heard people talk about the uh, the color palette as being a unifying um, factor in, in the whole book, which I'm. Glad people see that and I'm glad it works.
0: Can I ask, did you find yourself like trying to stick to the original or trying to do your own different thing? Or was there any like pressure there for you as far as trying you know, not- there was
1: there was no pressure because Tom just left it to me. He didn't express any specific um, preference for the way to go. But that was a big question because you know the, the, the colors you could see in the book are, are the limited palette of the time and some of the color choices are, are just very extreme. In some cases, they're just very simple. So I had to choose between going with what the original showed and replicating that or going with something that might be a little bit more modern or more consistent in the storytelling. And I, I just decided to, to go with the more Realistic style that I go with in the in the regular books, which is using using color to help tell the story, but have it be fitting with what you see in the art. So uh, I went I went realistic rather than uh, homage to the to the classic book. I hope it works.
4: I love yeah, the old I mean, coloring style, just the simple color plates and stuff like it's like yeah. pop art, almost like like the sunburst here looks like the packaging, you know, exactly. Yeah. like That's so cool.
2: Oh yeah, yeah that's the like explosion that. on the top of the stairs. Yeah, in, no uh, gradients
4: uh, or anything, just like cut out. Gradient. If you line that no. up
3: with the background that's on you right yeah. now, you can make the whole screen an explosion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Explosions everywhere. Just like
4: lots of yellow, so cool. Like this one, storm shadow is just yellow and white in that one. Right. Really cool. Yeah, that, simple that's what choices. You're faster
1: to do I'll tell you that flat, flat color is definitely faster, but it's not as easy as it seems. People think, oh, flat color, it's an easy mm. gig. Yeah. No, it's it's not as simple as that.
2: I was Sorry. going to say, I guess, as well, sort of differentiating the differentiating the colour from the original makes it more of, I guess, it makes it the modern retelling, but also differentiates it from that original. We've we've still got the uh, original uh, issue twenty one that exists, so by by colouring it in the kind of the more modern style, it's I guess making this more, you know, of a piece of it, it itself, uh, and and particularly with with some of the pages skewing you know there's quite a, a, a different variety of kind of ways that people interpreted these pages but so yeah. on on one end of the spectrum they're, they're being the artists being very faithful and you know making tweaks to make it into their own you know style and then on others it's like you know change up everything you know the composition the panel layouts everything um and on that spectrum where it's much more faithful having I guess the color is being different is is an element that build, makes it more of uh you know make, differentiates it i guess it makes it yeah, more sure. its own thing
4: right Here we the go. yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's that same panel
1: that looks great <laughs> i i don't know if i've i haven't seen or read too many reviews of, of that issue but i don't know has anyone encountered people sort of hating the change in whether it be art or composition or color i haven't I've- I haven't heard anything. Not, yeah, yeah, I haven't heard. negative. I
3: think the response overall has been pretty positive from what I've yeah. seen, and that's and that can that's kind of a rarity, honestly. Um, because I think hmm. that everyone knows it's an anniversary book. You're never going to replace the original. You know, I think that we all we all came into this certainly knowing that. But I think the way you handled the colors was really the only way to handle something like this because. It, Art styles are not what they were then, you know, I think that back then line weight was so much heavier, inking was so much heavier because they were compensating for the limited color palette. And I think that you have a lot of artists now that don't ink at all that use very light line weight because they're expecting the colors to carry the heavy lifting. So (laughs) if if you weren't doing, if you didn't approach it the way you did, the book would look totally disjointed. Like, some people totally over render things to the point of photorealism and some of them are like, barely filled in at all. So. You kind of needed someone to come in and, and handle that.
2: Yeah, I think to that point, we were talking to to Billy Penn about his page, and and in the original, the this uh, falling troopers eyes, you know, didn't have that same yeah. pop. Yeah. I think <laughs> the printing cool. color technology at the time meant that actually they just it wouldn't be able to cope with that level of subtlety in yeah. the in the in the color color coloring process. Sorry, Jay, I think you were about to reply and then I talk, talked over the top of you.
1: No, no, that, that's a good point about the eyes too. I mean, big wide open eyes that you have to zoom in and, and make sure that they uh, they pop for the reader.
2: That was a fun uh, piece. Diana had a question for, for you about the colouring. So uh, the question was, is there any difference in colouring so many sc- st- different styles to colouring a single artist? Do you think you approached it in... In any sort of different way for for trying to accommodate all of these different styles of art,
1: definitely because you know there, with all the different art styles present in the book, um, different art styles. Um, Adam makes great point about different, even different inking and and line weight. So every page was was a a different artist, and I wanted to make sure that the way I colored it didn't sort of get in the way of what the artist was trying to do or. Um, that obscured what they were trying to do. I mean, one, one good example is, um, you know, say Kezama's page. Very, very different style of, uh, you know, very graphic, harsh um, inks. Um, much, much different than, say, something that, you know, Nitho did, um, which is more traditional comic uh, superhero style art. So I just, I just wanted the color to not hurt it. Um, not uh, interfere with what the artist was trying to do. And um, it, it always comes back to, to telling telling the story, using the color not to show what great Photoshop skills you have or not to show how you can use such a filter to, to make something look you know jazzy. It's using the color to help tell the story um, and to be part of the, the team like everyone else is trying to tell a good story. Do you use mostly Photoshop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exclusively. I, I mean, yeah. I started out back in the back in the old days in the '90s, where I, when I was working for uh, you know Valiant or Milestone or Defiant yeah. or Marvel, um, with Doctor Martin's dyes, hand painting colors nice. that you used in a color guide or were, were shot directly from the boards. And then you know things changed in the '90s, and you had to keep up. And uh, I taught myself Photoshop, and that's I I think that is probably. What most colorists use for digital coloring, though, um, um, there are different different programs being used now too. Um, clip Studio Paint, I think, is is pretty popular too. But um, you know, being able to work digitally, it, it's kind of fun to be able to zoom in and and really get detail done. But then again, that means you spend a lot of time zooming in and um, spending time on it. So um, sometimes I miss the the old. Uh, a sable hair brush and just the way um watercolor soaks into paper and the happy accidents you get when you um when you touch the brush to the wrong color in the wrong way yeah <laughs>
4: you got yeah, sure. it's that analog like, goodness
2: yeah like and i guess as well uh jay you're you're kind of the guy at the at the end of the production line as well you and the and the letterer so uh so i guess that must put yeah. on pressures pressures of its of his own that the where where maybe the book it, book is running slightly behind that that they kind of crack the whip a little bit uh, to to get to uh, to get to the final uh, deadline
1: yeah I, um, it's expected you, you know going in that, that that's the production process and uh, i've been i've been getting books to the printer and mid deadlines met for for a long time and, and you know pretty much uh, what you have to get done in a given day to keep keep schedule, your, keep your deadlines um, but to, to my, my, you know, pleasure and, and, and to Tom Waltz's credit, I, I never feel pressured unnecessarily, or if, if I get some sort of, you know, schedule bump or change, Tom's always, um, he, he's always a professional about it. And I never, I never feel, uh, abused, uh, but there are reality <laughs> monthly public publishing that you just, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the printing schedule at a certain point forgives no one. So, um, but. Um, I think people delivered these pages timely. You know, there were always pages coming in and I stayed on top of it because I I just, I hate feeling, I hate feeling like I have to pull an all-nighter or or a rush to rush any artist's page because they put plenty of time and love into the page. I wouldn't want to rush through it.
2: Mm, I guess there was probably a a steady drip of of the pages as the individual artists were completing them on their own slightly different uh, schedules and... and the benefit there was there wasn't 22 pages all from the same person (laughs) all landing on the same day
1: yeah that's that's the advantage of having files digital up on a server where you can grab them instantly and you're not you're not waiting for the newest um fedex box nightmare that uh, that we've probably all experienced or (laughs) heard about in the
2: past do you do you think the 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 sort of the it the deadline which presumably can vary quite a lot do you think it impacts how you approach uh, coloring a particular page? Or do you think that that you end up with much the same result that you don't necessarily vary things too, too much that you've still got your same way of doing things?
1: You have to plan, you know how much time a page is going to take and you know how much time a page needs to have spent on it to look Mm -hmm. good. So I want, I want the book to look consistently good from month to month. um, And you know you've, you've got artists who, who do different levels of detail who do different levels of backgrounds and you might you might know that there you know our pages coming in that you know will go faster because they're they're more they're composed and such where they're more you know fewer characters in a panel or uh, whether it's a heavy detail intent background detail intensive so you want to make sure you've got time to to get the uh, to get the page done right but um yeah, I've been doing this long enough where I can sort of plan accordingly and and uh, um, just work a little extra so everybody, everybody gets the pages done on time, but you're not pulling all nighters. I, I, I don't, I don't color that well at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, if you're anything like me, the, the sort of I guess the 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 monitor starts getting a little bit swimmy after a little <laughs> after a little while. So uh, so yeah, I imagine. Uh, uh, yeah you can only do so much um let's get into the the detail of some of these uh pages then so the first one in order is adams um, so so i guess the the common the common kind of question when um the, that you guys sort of must have had when presented with this challenge is how on earth do I approach this how do I make it different enough that it's not just tracing the, uh, the original page and it, but, but it's, uh, but it's still doing, you know, it's different enough, but it's still honoring, uh, the, the original kind of issue. So did you, did you, this idea for, for this page of, of using action figures in, in the art is, is that one that sort of arrived fully formed for you, Adam?
3: Um, I probably actually had this idea for 20 years prior to this assignment. (laughs) I, I don't remember, like, the exact date that I, I first read Silent Interlude, but I do remember the first time I ever saw this page, it, it totally tripped out. I was like, Destro has action figures, you know, like, yeah. it, I don't play chess, but in my mind, that was immediately where this went, and, um, and it was just one of those things that I was, like, I, I, I don't know if I, like, willed this into existence, I never thought this book would actually be a thing, but, like. I remember when Dead Game number five came out and all those different artists got to ink over Rob's pencils thinking, mm-hmm. man, I wish I could have been a part of it. Just because it's, it's it's such a fun idea to do this big, huge collaborative jam thing with a G.I. Joe project. And so I think that's why I just immediately, like, I, I already knew what page number this was. Like, that's how I was able to reply to that email so quickly. Uh, like, I just... Uh, This idea had already been marinating in there forever. I mean, in some form. I didn't know exactly how I was going to execute it. But the idea of of having the chess pieces be figures was sort of something that was always in the back of my mind. And uh, then I think immediately after agreeing to it, I think the only other real follow-up before starting the project was, can we see a layout? And I thought about that for like all of five minutes and said, you know, the layout is Larry's. Like, I, I would it would be just, the hubris it would take to think that you're going to ever outdo the composition of, you know, Larry's seminal GI Joe work. So I just like, there was no way. So I had to stick as, as close as possible to that, which of course did present sort of a unique challenge because he has them in poses that aren't really very easily achievable with figures that have fairly limited articulation in some cases, especially like, you know, Baroness obviously has like a very feminine slender figure and the figure does not. So finding ways to kind of make that work compositionally was, was a little bit of a challenge and, and sort of a funny thing, but um, here it is. We can... ah,
1: wow. um, oh, that's great.
3: So, you know, it, you wouldn't really think that this would be all that difficult to execute. Like I knew I really wanted to do it traditionally just cause it's just like, I knew I only had the one page and it was going to be a special issue. And I was like, this is something I really want to have an original of. What I did not realize, and my camera's probably not even good enough resolution to pick this up, though, is trying to achieve this all on one page with all the little, like, rivets and screws and stuff was an absolute nightmare, um, especially this panel. I think I did most of that in, like, .05 mechanical pencil, which is why I didn't end up inking this. this is, I think this might be the only page in the book, from what I've seen, uh-huh. that is entirely pencil. It's not inked digitally or traditionally. And it, originally, it was my intention to, to try and ink it traditionally. But as I started to really get in there tight on the details, I think I got really just scared. <laughs> I was completely <laughs> like, I was like, I am totally going to botch this. I just know it. Like, I was like, I, I had all the microns laid out. And I'm like, do I really want to try this? <laughs> like, this is a tight deadline. Like, if I blow this, this is going to look awful. Because I'm going to have this page that's like half ink, half pencil. And I'm going to be trying to, like, recover from this mess. So... So yeah, it's uh, as much as I could. It, it's all pencil, but that then you start to get, and, and this is why I was asking James the questions about how he handled the the different coloring styles with the different line weights and stuff, because then it becomes a matter of do I do I imply that these are figures and try to make it sort of more know, comic booky, for lack of a better term, or do I really just like render the hell out of this and go for photo realism? Because that's the only way that you can really, really for sure convey that these are like plastic toys and they're not, you know, th- that it's not just like poorly drawn people. <laughs> you know, one of one of my best instructors I ever had in art school said, if you're going to draw something stylized, it better read as so off model that there's no way you could mistake it because otherwise it's just going to look like you don't know how to draw. Um, yeah. And that's that's always been like very deeply implanted into my psyche. Uh, so I think because of that, I was like, well, I gotta I gotta make it so 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 obvious that that these are you know toys. And so that's why this is like no ambiguity. I mean th- that like that is basically one hundred percent copied from a photo. Like I had to get every highlight and shadow right on that one. Some of them obviously there's a little more wiggle room. Like these three characters do not exist as O ring figures. So that was sort of a stylistic choice as they they did ultimately get action figures much later like 20 years Mm -hmm. later but they they wouldn't fit in with the rest of them and so I guess that's an interesting thing to talk about was trying to decide do I want this to match the aesthetic of what this book would have looked like in like as, as if this was drawn in 1984 um or do I want to treat this modern and ultimately i thought just for the for the 40th anniversary and for the nostalgia and stuff it would really play better to have these be o-ring figures so that's why i went with that approach but then obviously those characters didn't exist so i had to kind of imagine what they would look like as o-ring figures and i guess there are some other interesting choices too like for the pose ability i specifically chose to go with the swivel arm version of some of those characters like scarlet even though you know scarlet snake eyes Cobra commander like they all have straight arm figures but I made everyone swivel arm because I thought, A, it helps me to get the poses better and B, if this was coming out in 1984, that's kind of closer to what we would have had. I'm trying to think if there's anything else really noteworthy on here. I, uh, I purposely made Destro a little off center in the top panel from the original, just so that it, it read a little bit different and so that it wasn't too symmetrical. Um, the bottom panel is very, very similar to Larry's original. like. To be honest, by far my least interest, uh, least interesting panel on the page. You know, um, and it's funny because for many years, I I sort of felt pigeonholed in comics as the toy guy because there were mm-hmm. so many publishers that only you ever wanted to use me for action figure variant covers. It's one of those right. things where it's like I felt like maybe I got too much of a reputation from working in toys and comics, and and you know, obviously having an affinity for it that that I just kept doing it and doing it, but like it got to a point where I was like, I really don't want to do any more toy covers for a while. But then I, as soon as they offered me this, I'm like, Hey, let's make them toys. you know. So like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, I think it was just like, I, I felt like personally there was no way that I could really in any significant way um, improve upon anything that had been, in, been done in the original issue. Uh, so the only other thing I could think to do with it was, well, what's mm-hmm. something that honors the original, but is, you know, would be a surprise for the fans. It's sort of a out of left field. It doesn't really alter the story content in any way, but it gives you a fun visual. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of where this all came from. And uh, I guess mm-hmm. the only other, maybe a little thing is that I, I think I might be either the only one or one of very few people that signed their page. Um, uh-huh. And I, I can't remember who did it. I want to say it was Tom Shioli, but I totally stole that from dead game because when I was looking through that, that book with all those jam pages, I was like, Oh, you could sign a page like, you know, hmm. so, and I, when I realized it made it to print, I was like, well, why not? So, um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think so that covers just, it.
2: In terms of process. So did you, did you lay this out digitally and then print it uh, um, in blue line? And
3: no, so there's no blue line, um, light box for a lot of it. I mean, some of it okay. is just totally my own take, like Destro and panel four is, is totally me. Um, I used my own hand as a reference for the panel two and three, because obviously it's, it's a slightly different vantage point than, than Larry's original. Um, same with same with panel five. That's, that's totally me. Um, the, the actual figures are really where it, it got into the, the more tricky, like staging of actual figures, photographs, light boxing, just trying to like, especially that first panel and, and the second panel was just such mm-hmm. a, a difficult thing to try and achieve and not have it look wonky. Cause like, it's one of those things that I think when you're dealing with flat color and a more simplified line style, you can you can really get away with murder as far as like perspective and stuff and not having it look strange. But when you start getting into real serious, like heavy rendering, it starts to look very wonky to the eye. Like you can just tell something's off. So trying to get that perspective believable, but also not straying too far from Larry's original page layout, uh, was it was definitely a challenge, especially in panel two, cause like that perspective just it not entirely accurate like b- between having those figures be standing and laying down and, and still getting that exact angle so mm-hmm. a lot of it was like compositing like taking multiple photos playing around with them in photoshop playing around with perspective and just trying to sort of cobble together something that i thought really worked and then lightboxing that and then just once i kind of had that layer layout figured out just spending a small eternity rendering and just trying to kind of clean it up to where it looked normal and natural to me and and, and not too, not too photo referenced, even though it obviously is, just trying to like get get it to look believable without just looking like I took a photo of toys, you know, try, trying to, I, I was serving many masters, at least in my own mind. I was really trying to do Larry <laughs> justice. I was trying to give something to the fans, like, and I think this is something a lot of comic artists, and especially if you're a, an actual fan of the series you're working on, and if you're only doing one page, it was like the most deadly of combinations because the way they presented it to us, is like, oh, you should be able to crank this out. Jam, man. It's only one page. And I'm like, no, it's the complete opposite. It's only one page. So now I'm like way overstressed <laughs> and I have to get it perfect. Right. Like, you know, I don't want to be the one page in the book that isn't good. Like, you know, so.
2: <laughs> and it, it looked know. like it was, it looked like it was an. was it A2 size? It looked like a, a big oversized. Yeah, it's a, it's
3: a standard panel. I think it's a 11, 11 by 17, I think. It's standard like blue line page.
2: Oh, right. Okay. Yep. Okay. It's. Uh, I, t- I mean,
3: I t- I, I'm six foot five. If that gives you any perspective, <laughs> 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 it's quite large.
0: Okay. It's a twer- I, I think that the O-ring is just the highlight of the book for me.
3: Oh, thank you, man. Just
1: nice, brilliant
0: decision.
4: And- I like the GI Joe logo on top too. That's like that's like drawn in there, right?
3: Yeah that on that, the that the was page. the uh, that was the this is going on at heritage auctions in thirty years for hundred <laughs> grand. Got to make it look good. yeah. yeah it
2: looks good. Every last thing, yeah. <laughs>
3: Every last thing, yeah. I, I like to james's say colors
4: on it too uh, lots of texture on the colors
2: hey. yeah
4: especially the marble hey. chessboard and everything
1: this was kind of a dilemma i remember with this this page first of all adam the, the scan everything came out in the scan. it was a really nice clean page and and it looked like all the details were showing up so that's one thing that that really you know helped bring it through was the the scan got i think got all of your fine details really well but i also remember this was a dilemma to approach because I saw it was action figures and I, I kinda like the whole, you know, chessboard aspect, you know, white and black pieces. And I knew I, I really wanted to go for that clear difference between, you know, the the good guys and the bad guys, the light and the dark. But you drew all these great action figures with you know, <laughs> full articulation yeah. and I had a dilemma to do I replicate what's in the original book and go with the with the actual character costumes but but then I, I thought that with the combination of that and the action figure that they might end up looking too toy especially if i was gonna go with very simple flat color because you get so much you know great rendering detail there so I, I was it was a dilemma do i go with black and white or do i go with the, green, the colors i chose the black and white because i like the whole chess aspect but um, this is one of those pages where I question whether I made the right choice there, whether it would have you know, done better by what you drew, going with the actual character colors, but I, I don't know. I, I did what I did.
3: But. Yeah, I think it's, um, I'm trying to see in the book here, is it, I think it's page six, Dan Schoening's page. There's actually, those, those chess pieces, I don't know if you can see it, it's very small, but they, they make another appearance right here, a few pages before oh, my yeah. page. And, and that was something I wasn't sure about as I was doing that was I wondered, you know, because that was the other thing. None of us, I, I, unless, you know, you happen to be friends with somebody that was working on it and you just it came up in conversation. We didn't know who else was working on this at what time. Sure. And so I didn't know when I started approaching this as action figures. Like, I thought that would be fun, but I was like, I wonder who's got page six and is it going to be just like a little obscured background detail or is it going to be really obvious? Because if they handle it totally differently than I do, you're going to have a continuity mm. problem. And so that was a question I always wondered about when it came to coloring was like, did you have to know, you know, because you were getting the pages out of order, did you have to know how somebody was approaching another page like that to inform you how to, how
1: to handle another one? I, I didn't, I didn't because worst comes to worse. I would have had the opportunity to make the change, you know, yeah. print. I mean, an artist is committing pen to paper, and it's really difficult to make major changes. But if it's a color change, it, it, it's, it's a bit of work, but it's it's doable, especially if it's digital. So that didn't matter as much. But that that previous page with with figures that tiny, it, it would have been difficult to have every bit of the figure match the costume color. So Sometimes distance equals detail and coloring especially. Um, you don't want to just over render things that are, that are going to be tiny at print size. Yeah. So that didn't matter as much. Um, yeah. Ultimately. Which it, one did um, you color first? Say
4: again? Which one did you color first? Oh, geez. Let me look. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: first.
2: Um, I was also wondering, Jay, if um, to what extent uh, the fact that Adam had, had done this in pencil, to what extent that made a, a difference to the way that you approach the coloring process
1: I think I did Adam's page first. Um, th- the fact that it was done in pencil didn't matter as much because what happens is in, in the in the process when you take your scan and you add the colors underneath it or on top of it, and then you put it all together. Everything sometimes problematically, but everything darkens up. So you don't want things to look too blobby and, and the, the fine details of the art gets lost because people spend spending time on that. But mm-hmm. no, the the fact that it was pencil, especially you know the way – Adam did it. I mean, it's, it's nice, tight, dense pencil and everything shows up. It's not sketchy or, um, you know, looking like things were, are faint, you know, everything's strong on the page. So even, even if it is a, a pencil page.
2: Okay. Uh, and we had, I think, uh, one more question on this from Diana. She says, how many messages, uh, <laughs> have you had Adam, uh, offering to buy the page?
3: Uh, genuinely a lot. Like, Wow. at least 20 um but Oof. i you know and i I've, I've let go so many of my originals over the years that i think when i see guys like walt simonson or eric larson that have retained all their originals over the years and, and like obviously this is an anniversary book and it's a derivative work so it's it's never going to have that same impact that the the original silent interlude has of course hmm. but And G.I. Joe fandom now is not what it was in 84. I I fully acknowledge all that. But, like, I think I've gotten a little more hip to, like... Unless I, like, you know, need to keep the lights on that month. Like, I shouldn't just be letting the stuff go the second I finish it. Because you just never know. And, like... But also, completely separate of of the the more practical, you know, boring adult reasons. Like, I'm a fan. And I love G.I. Joe. And it was something that I, you know, I would have dreamed of doing this page forever. So, like, the fact that I actually got to do it, like... I'm not really one to have like a whole museum of my own stuff everywhere, but like I am proud of this page and I'm happy to have the original. And if somebody comes along with an offer one day that, you know, boggles my mind, like I'd consider it, but you know, I'm not, I'm not in any rush to sell it. So, uh, you know, whenever I tell people (laughs) like, you know, I consider it, but I'm not really looking to, and they say, well, give me a ballpark. And I do, uh, you know, that ends that conversation real quick. uh, (laughs) I'm very happy to just own it for the time being.
2: It's yeah. It seems unlikely that, that someone else is going to treasure it as much as as you are, to be honest. Well, they certainly uh,
3: don't. They they will never, in their collective lifetime, spend as much time admiring it as I did drawing it. So, if we're going by that, it's it's probably better staying with me for the time being.
2: Uh, and An- Andrew, your your play, your page is uh, framed and on your wall, right next to your guitar. So, so, so I yeah, guess that... a few
0: um, pieces like. I decided to keep myself and I'm not even happy with my page. So it's like, but it's just having <laughs> take part in this. It was, was, was so cool for me that um I kept it for that reason.
2: Yeah. I think frame, framing it is an expression of intent that at least you're going to be holding onto it well, for a little like, while.
0: I moved back into my house after years overseas and like, I just had a bunch of stuff that I always wanted to get framed and actually put up and make it look like a nice space. So that was part of that. I was like, you know, I wanted different yeah. things representing different, of my interest in parts of my career and so forth
2: and while we're on this subject casey where's where's your page currently residing
4: uh not with me it did get sold it got shipped up north so i don't oh. have my page but i was kind of thinking but that was gonna happen
0: anyways uh, yeah so i had I was... a few people like offer it even like site unseen you know like <laughs> before mm. this even came out they said that, oh, you know, wow. a few people email me like we, we see you're gonna be on this you saw your page and i, I turned them down but
4: yeah. Now I got enough. Uh, <laughs> I worry about the art in my house. Like, it's going to get destroyed or something, like someone else is going to take better care of it than I will. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> and I can always draw another one if I wanted to. So, yeah. I mean, I do treasure them. I got plenty of art stored away in places mm-hmm. and stuff that, but uh, I'm just, I don't know. I like having art go out and live a life somewhere separate from me. Like, I don't know. I mean stuffed in a drawer in my bedroom yeah
3: <laughs> i feel that i i think part of the thing for me was specifically with keeping this one is that it's so rare i actually get to do an original for gi joe like most of the ga joe work i've done is digital so i think that was mm. another reason why it was kind of cool to mm. i went through a like, phase
4: of doing digital but now i try to do all analog just because like it is nice to have it you know, yeah like, to make it in front of me and i draw better analog i feel like too
0: have any of you had the situation where you sold a piece and then unexpectedly years later you saw it? Uh, like, I just yeah. got
4: into the game of selling stuff. Like oh, no one okay. has
0: really wanted my stuff until GI Joe, so
4: I don't really have much stuff out there.
0: I had did a convention in Australia and a friend invited me to stay at his place, and like I went into his office, he was showing me his collection of his geek stuff, and like here one of my pages was on his wall that I forgot I had even done mm. like in 2014 or something. <laughs> wow. Was, well, I forgot that page exactly. <laughs> Cool. I got yeah. friends
4: with my art, but not like comic book art. Mostly commissions and stuff, but not like
0: published art. I would say it's always nice when people like share on social media, like commissions you do on framed on the mm-hmm. walls and stuff too. That's nice,
3: unless you don't like it, and then you're like, please take yeah, that I down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's always do. <laughs> Yeah.
2: I've heard that story of uh, of people of, of artists who sort of every time one like their the very early work you know, comes along for a signing. i like, I can't believe people, love, you know, like this stuff. You know I uh, feel.
4: <laughs> yeah. It's, the next it's thing you things. do is always going to be better than the thing you did before.
3: You do those like free comic book day sketches that you're churning out like 40 in one day, giving them to kids and stuff. And then you see it turn up like years later on Twitter or something. And it's like in this place of reverence in their house. And it's like a napkin doodle to you. And you're like, oof, you know, like yeah. I, I can't believe my name's on that. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to I appreciate
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> And no matter what I do, the more time that passes, the, the less happy I am with it. So, of so, always, yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, let's have a look at your page, uh, Casey. Uh, yours is page seven, which is uh, the one of Snake Eyes uh, parachuting down and landing on, uh, on the Cobra uh, sigil. The, that, that kind of shot was turned into a, a statue, uh, the Snake Eyes and the, and the Cobra Snake uh, statue. So so yeah it's sort of i guess interesting that it's it's a very similar layout yeah. uh in terms of the the panel structure but but it's a kind of uh it feels like a kind of a, a a more modern modern take on it and and you're trying to do something subtly different in each of those panels
4: well, it's like Adam said, the layout's like you don't want to change the layout it's already been it's perfect, you know like anything I would do to it would just screw it up and uh, <laughs> so i mainly just tweaked the perspective i would say like snake eyes coming more at you in the first panel uh i think the third panel's tilted up a bit more the or the fourth panel's tilted up more and the third panel's tilted down more and the second panel's pretty much i guess zoomed out a little bit
3: mm.
4: but yeah this one i just wanted to do super uh like heavy ink like it's all brush mm. i tried i don't think i used pen anywhere i don't think i might have done some of the lines on the snake for the hatching or something but yeah i went out and bought uh, just the biggest piece of watercolor paper i could find because i wanted a nice textured surface mm. so it just soaked up all the ink so i used a lot of ink on it so it's super black it's like the super thick black ink that i love yeah and i just wanted it's like i feel like it's the most silent page of the silent interlude too like there's <laughs> no sound like even you would never put any sound effects in it. it's just like heavy black and just sneaking and being snake eyes and i just wanted like i just wanted to snake eyes all to myself too but i did a little yeah, um
2: little snake eyes.
4: i built uh i modeled the statue in the z brush just like to look oh, change wow. the, uh, and like made it uh you know reflective surface and stuff just so i could do that i didn't but just to give me an idea but yeah i just wanted like heavy brush strokes like, I didn't want to overwork anything because uh, the original page is just super flat and sketchy, too. Like, the mm. the background stars are, are just, like, pure brush strokes and stuff. Yeah, like, it's what's... way looser than mine, too, you know? I couldn't even do it. Like, I tried to do it loose, and I still couldn't do it that loose. Like, I loved seeing all the brush strokes and stuff, and it makes the hatching, the cross-hatching on its own. And the parachute lines and everything like that, the cords. Like, yeah, I couldn't do any better than
1: that. That that ink work made me decide to go with like a brass dragon, a a brass cobra rather yeah. than stone, just because that that inks told me shiny metal. Nothing. Yeah. So rather than have the the uh, cobras be part of the stonework of the the castle, I decided that let's have it be shiny, you know, brassy metal. As yeah, the cotton. original
4: one looks very oh. shiny too in metal. That's how I always pictured it. And uh, yeah, you got the light sources down and everything, like the light coming from below a bit. And it looks really nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah cool. if I love it... the color palette on it. Say again. Sorry. I, I'm sorry. I said I love the color palette on it. I mean, the overall yeah. links to it, I love too. But like, it um, reminds me of like, I'm thinking like Al Milgram, I think, but like, it reminds me of that kind of approach. It's really nice. nice.
4: Yeah. I like the color on Snake Eyes' legs too, where it's like, Gradients up into that lighter gray and stuff and the boots are a little bit shiny and stuff yeah the old blue Blue. lighting
1: trick they fall for the time (laughs) the rim
4: lighting yeah it's all about the rim lighting
1: it's just the the theme it's like you know how do you tell people it's night you know it's how you ink it and how you you know do a little blue light on the side there and yeah um that's the language of comics yeah
4: and the original i can't even tell if it's really night or not i mean i guess it is but the comic starts at sundown but very rapidly turns to nighttime.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a black sky for for that scene. Yeah. It's it's a it's a good balance of like you say, sort of these solid blacks and quite thick lines, but but it still feels there's an intricacy I guess to it.
4: Yeah, it's trying to do like uh Sumi ink kind of thing, you know. Just very flowy.
3: It's
2: interesting that you,
3: you said this is the most silent page of silent interlude because I never really would have thought about it like that, but I think you're, you're totally right. Like I can almost hear like the night air when I look at this image. And yeah. I think that I, I might be mistaken about this, but Hasbro pulse did a live stream uh, a few months ago. And I, I want to say this might be the first interior page of this book that was ever publicly shown. Oh, really? huh. And yeah. I think it, it really kind of, and, and obviously I think we, most of us had probably already done our, our line work, at least at that point, but, it definitely set a tone for the book. I think you know, like I think this image more than maybe any other in the book really kind of captures what this book is about and what it feels like. So I, feel I think like it, was, it
4: was a very dramatic page. Like, yeah, it was. It was a great promotional saying, image. <laughs> coming to save the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he's doing it super cool too. <laughs> like he's like stomping on a cobra head already, you know?
3: That's awesome.
2: Oh cool. yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm happy yeah, with yeah. it
2: you're right, Adam. I do remember. I, I do have that even that image saved some somewhere. It was, uh, yeah, featured on that early uh, Pulse section of the about the comics and trailing trailing this um, this issue. So uh, let's uh, let's switch over to uh, Andrew's page. So I've got a photo of uh, a photo of the frame from from your Twitter, oh, exactly. Andrew, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> and the and the colored art there so yeah an interest interesting take uh here that you i think you've probably switched up the composition a little bit more than the other two pages than that we've been looking at um uh, so far to today what was kind of your initial guess thought process once you'd landed on this page about how, how to tackle it
0: well my like i thought like they wanted us to really like change it up you know i didn't think they just wanted us to use the same layout so i started like you can kind of see how like mid layout like i was going from like trying to do something really different and trying to find and it was almost impossible like how do you find, find a way to improve such a classic you know hmm. layout um so like <laughs> i did this pretty late in the game because i was trying to finish up 290 i think at the time and like they sent me what other people have done and i'm like oh wow so oh, wow. many the other people like just Kept the same layout. I'm like, I should have done that. So, the bottom <laughs> kind of did. Plus, I couldn't think of any other better way to do it, which is understandable. So, um yeah. So that's kind of what it, what it was. Like, I was trying to find some way to have a different take on the layout, and then I'm like, well, why am I trying to reinvent the wheel on classic?
2: Yeah, I, and and you, I mean, there's there's all sorts of different. Uh, examples of the spectrum it's interesting that that you you had the benefit of of kind of a little bit of insider knowledge of how other people are tackling it because i think most of other people were in the in the bar in in, in the dark uh, billy billy penn said to us that he you know he was like how far can I go with this? You know, will some people be like sort of doing like mixed media, maybe they'll be doing toy recreations, you know, uh, and just taking like diorama photos, you know, how, how weird uh, are people are going to go with this? So, so cool. yeah, there's, there's, de- it's definitely, you know, not the the furthest away from the, the original in terms of the, the pages and, and they're, yeah, interesting, interesting, you know, obviously well thought out, uh, alternative, um, takes without sort of you know conveying all of the same action from a, a different perspective and and you know if we, if it was just going to be a trace of exactly what came before then then it wouldn't be it nearly as an exciting a project would it so having yeah. having some bringing something more of yourself and, and doing something different i think is definitely uh you know a way to go
0: right well i remember too i, I didn't like how like it flipped um when he throws the sword so i, I asked editorial but like no they, th- they thought it flowed pretty well because I needed to be able to show I was trying to take a panel out so I could have a bigger like kind of splash kind of Mm -hmm. image in order to be able to show his eyes he had to be able to see his eyes so because you know his reaction to being surprised by the fact that she shows up Um, so just to get everything in there I almost kind of had a I couldn't think of a different angle that would work to show everything that needed to be seen Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think your your angle is way more dramatic I think the second panel like it's got way more power I think like not, not to disparage you know the original but right. like the other oh, one yeah. just like yeah. conveying the information that a on a flat horizontal
0: perspective you know
4: yeah. but yours okay. actually has like I a one thing
0: I I could maybe maybe not improve but like change a bit to be more modern was rather than having like you said a horizontal flat kind of mm. movement have it more dynamic somehow
4: yeah yeah it's got a sense of motion you know hmm.
3: It's really yeah. interesting how when we, when we all started this, we, because we didn't know how anybody else was approaching it, I think we all probably had that same initial thought of like, am I supposed to change this a lot or am I not? Because I remember thinking like, well, I'm not going to change the layout, but I'm like, am I going to be the only one that just did exactly what Larry did? And then it's going to look super boring because everybody <laughs> else did these wild reinterpretations, you know? And <laughs> so it's really interesting to me to hear other people's th- initial thought process when they got approached with that, you know, th- that we all went through that same thinking. Yeah.
4: I was really inspired. I I like, sure yeah, mine I feel like my page was very like isolated from the storytelling because it's just like its own scene, which is kind of why a reason I chose as well is like its own scene. It doesn't the action doesn't carry over from the original page. Well it might when he's parachuting, but it doesn't carry over into the next page either. Like like people mm. could change stuff and it won't affect my page, or I could change stuff and it won't affect the next page, I feel like.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: that's it. Could be one of the loudest ones if yours was the quiet, this could be the loudest because the The engine and everything for sure. Yeah, Yeah, everyone's had explosions, I guess.
3: But Casey and I were sort of in the same boat with that. I think that we had pages that sort of live on their own, and I think it allowed Mm -hmm. us to get away with a little more of a you know, whatever we wanted to do to it, but I think. Andrew, because your page is so much a part of the story, and it's like a mid-action, like it, it put you in a difficult situation of not knowing what was coming before or after, and having to make it work within the context of that.
0: No, so I, a, I did have a little bit of that. I think the page before at least had been done. I don't remember. Um, maybe James would know what order they all came in, but I think most of them had been in, so I had that benefit of seeing what was before. Because I, I think I turned that into like the. In the morning. I think I started at night <laughs> yeah. like four in the morning.
1: <laughs> nice. I, I don't remember. Yeah. the Hey man, I would just I would just check the server, you know, throughout the day every day just to see who brought what in, so I could bring the pages in and start prepping them for for color. But they definitely did not come in in any any sequential type of order. But
0: yeah,
1: I had the. I had the original story to sort of go by and we, we could tell what interior, what pages were interior and exterior, which would cue me as to um, what type of colors to use, or we knew what the character colors were. So it didn't matter as much for this, um, uh, what what order the pages came in. Plus they're also darn different in the in the style.
2: Yeah, actually the page before this one was uh, Jamie and Audrey Sullivan, and was one of the, I guess, more radical uh, I guess departures yeah. from, from the original uh composition that that it's it's kind of uh more I guess in a sort of manga influence style. Um so so it's yeah interest interesting that um that that, that page kind of is a definite flow of story in, in terms of that um chase of that sort of the interaction with Storm Shadow Snake Eyes, the chase, the the claw coming down. Um but you know it's still it's still works and it flows and the fact that there's we've also got the original in our mind's eye as well means that we can kind of i guess fill in some of the the differences that might otherwise kind of occur if it was something completely new
1: well the the story on that page too is um what i remember is jamie hated his first turned in page Oops. what he did and basically asked for a redo and because oh wow. there was because there was time in the schedule, I said I've got other pages to work on. As long as they're in by you know such a time, okay. If you want to redo it, that's fine. It's, it's you know I'm not gonna um, have I'm not gonna have to recolor uh, another run through on the page. But I, I guess he really did not like his first version and and did a uh, a wholly different layout for the, for this final version. And uh-huh. definitely manga manga influence, which mm-hmm. is fun, especially with Scarlet's expression.
4: Yeah. He really plays with the borders and stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that, that little close-up of the swords, that's kind of like, like a very kind of manga-esque yeah, kind of touch, right. isn't it? And that's, that.
4: that's added, too. That's a new panel. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: James, when you were coloring this book, were
3: you doing this simultaneous to working on the ongoing title as well? Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So uh, did you find yeah. it difficult to jump back and forth between color palettes between the books, because this book has such a unified, consistent palette throughout to, to go back from, you know, the whatever environment that the current ongoing might be into this where a lot of it's, you know, set at night and is using similar colors throughout.
1: No, because because this palette is essentially the, the G.I. Joe real American hero palette. It's, it's you know, colorful uh, storytelling. Uh, the character colors are consistent. You know, Scarlet, the, the colors used for Scarlet on this page are you know colors i used to, for scholar in in issue you know to um whatever what, what issue are we on now uh,
2: you don't know, know, do you don't know which one you're on but yeah, yeah. Two, <laughs> right. 292 so, or so yeah
1: the, the the colors are the same um, i use the same colors for snake eyes or storm shadow or whether it be in the monthly book so um no the, the the using the the color palette wasn't um wasn't really the the challenge it was the style of coloring, the style of rendering I use, making sure it worked for the artist, um, and that's where I, you know, maybe left things a little simpler, a little flatter, or uh, maybe a little bit less rendering and detail, depending on, um, you know, the, the maybe a more simplified or or rough um, art style. But the color palette is, I think, if you if you hold this book up to some of the monthly books, you'll see um color palettes are are pretty consistent though I, I did definitely do a lot more of the warm cool contrast on this like, like you'd see with this page you know wanted to have the warmth of the interior of the castle contrast to um mm-hmm. you know outside scenes and using those cool blues and purples yeah and the like flames that. too and everything yeah flames are fun yeah We love glows. We love orange and blue glows. They just make things look comic booky and fun. Yeah, yeah, sure. Do you have a
4: saved palette for GI Joe comics
1: on Photoshop? It's not a saved palette, but what I'll do is I'll open up pages from previous issues and Uh, sample pages. Yeah, I drop the, I drop the. It's like, "Mm, what's Scarlett's uh, base hair color? I just I click on, I drop a previous page. There, I have some panels that are from the book that I've saved the panels. And mm. I'll go to those panels where it's like, hmm, what color is the mauler?" you know, and, and refer to that. It's like um, a model sheet kind of? Yeah, yeah, similar.
2: There's a lot of returning to... There's a lot of returning to Doctor Mindbender's lab on Cobra Island at the moment, so yeah, right. <laughs> to get, to, yeah. get the glows of the uh, to, to get the glows of those tanks just right and consistent. <laughs>
1: Wait, evil green, Doctor Mindbender's like gets lots of lots of evil green, yeah. uh, reichmader evil green going on in the lab. <laughs> <Green. laughs> Tertiary colors. Yeah.
0: Cool. Oh, um, so yeah, I guess when you did this, you were working on 290 at the same time.
1: Probably probably around that. Um yeah, because you know the, the schedule is just moving right forward. They're they're producing books, they're trying to keep things on time, and we've got um, you know, the the fourth day, for the fortieth anniversary book going on at the same time as the regular monthly and covers and yeah, it's a whole lot of Joe going on.
0: <laughs> a whole lot of
2: Joe. Good. A whole lot of Joe.
1: No such thing as too much Joe. <laughs>
2: so but I think that's uh they're
1: doing now i mean this is the the runs that are coming out now i mean the, the fin- finishing this you know, run up to 300 it's great artists and you know collaborations and it's it's great looking stuff and and the the fans the audience they're they'll they're going to be happy to, to see what we're what we're producing mm.
2: and uh does it does if it I guess it does it feel like um, sort of almost the end of uh, an era, Jay, as, as you're sort of in this final run of, uh, what, eight issues that, that are not yet out to get to 300.
1: I, I don't know what's next. I, I've been I've been coloring this book since issue 155 and a half.
2: Wow. That's,
1: wow. Like 12, That's crazy. I haven't mean, colored every issue. There have been some fill-ins here and there over the years, mm. but I've done most of them and uh so that's that's a lot of years and i don't know what's next i don't know who who is going to get the license next i'll i'll approach whoever mm-hmm. gets the license and see if i can continue and i, I want to continue with idw as well because i have been i mean it's unheard of I've been freelancing coloring for the same company for 13 years that's crazy so but uh i hope, mm. I hope idw continues to keep me busy
2: yeah you just don't get that consistency of uh creative teams on no, on books it's just un yeah like you say it's it's pretty unheard of so so it's um some a real feather in uh idw gi joe's cap that that we've had this amazing uh, uh amazing run that's lasted so long with uh with that sort of consistency of the team mm. and and talking about uh maybe a whole lot of joe we can segue into to maybe what some of the other things that are happening in the world of gi joe and everyone's uh immediate horizons there's one that i know of which is uh adam that let's uh let's add this into the stream that you've been uh super sevening uh yep. this this is your uh, arctic rescue vehicle that that came out in the the last couple of months <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <Yeah. this>. that's <laughs> great yeah, so Crazy it,
3: here's another fun callback. I uh, remember I, I you started that photo of my friend that I said became ghostwriter uh, on an action figure package many years later. Um, that those dogs are his dog, uh, so what? that's that, that's Sammy times four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Fantastic. yeah, it's, it's been a really, really busy year of G.I. Joe for me, and this was kind of the one that kicked it off. Um, Shoot. did something for Super 7. Um, uh, Renegade Games has a role play uh game guidebook that came out. I did some art for that. Obviously the 40, there, oh there you go. Uh <laughs> you're well prepared. We didn't even rehearse this, I swear. Uh obviously the the fortieth anniversary, uh and then I've got a couple of other really big things that I can't talk about. I think one of them might be shown in YoJo June. It might be yeah. the biggest JoJo project I've ever worked on. I don't know. I might have signed away my, my, you know, my whole life to NDAs, but, um, <laughs> I'm very, I, I, I very spe- excited I to could, talk about that. Yeah.
2: I could speculate, but I won't put you in the difficult position.
3: <laughs> yeah, please, please don't. It's already hard enough. I'm, I'm too excited. <laughs> oh, but, but yes, yeah, so it's been a, it's been a super busy year for GI Joe stuff and, um, you know, as both someone who obviously works on GA Joe and, and loves it, I think it's just this is like the greatest time ever for G. A. Joe, especially because there was there was a real lull there for a few years. You know, GA Joe was not at retail. They only had the one comic or or the other titles, you know, kept getting they'd get like a, a you know, five, ten issues and then it would get rebooted or whatever. So Real American Hero was really for the longest time, like the one and only staple thing that we had as mm-hmm. for the brand. You know, there were years where there was no toys, no conventions. So to be in the 40th anniversary now and to, to see everything ramping up to this degree and just having this abundance of riches to have a movie and talk of a new cartoon and we're close to hitting that milestone 300 and we have a, like five toy lines running concurrently. Like it's just, it's just the greatest thing ever. We went from like zero to 100. So I'm, I'm loving all of it.
2: Yeah. It's, I like the fact that you've got, you, you've, you've got used the turn of phrase abundance of riches as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, um, because in the in the I guess prior to, to kind of uh, the classified era and, and Hasbro running with that, you were the to go to guy for card art as well. Did you do something like eighty sets of um, card art? Is that or I think I did
3: fifty something. I don't remember. I don't know the exact something. number. Depending on how you how you count that, and then a lot of that art got repurposed into other things, magazines and trading card cover and trading cards and stuff like that. It got reprinted in some comics. Um, mm. But yeah, I did, I mean, pretty much from 2013 to about 2018, any new, like, non-repurposed G.I. Joe card art you saw was coming from me. So, and it, you know, that was great. But, like, it was also kind of a, it's a weird thing to say. Like, it was sort of a, it was, like, great and a bummer at the same time because it was, like, I don't feel like it was being appreciated in the way that it is now because it just wasn't, it wasn't mainstream mm-hmm. at the time, you know? Like, obviously now, like,
2: because it was under the collectors club umbrella rather than yeah health,
3: and and Hasbro. and like I know that obviously there's there's supply chain issues and stuff but like you can go to a retail store right now and find G.I. Joe like there's been a movie within the last year so you know just G.I. Joe as a brand I think is much more on the public consciousness than it would have been during those years and so oh and and now we got Larry um, <laughs> there we go. I
2: just and is one of the examples of uh, your final card art from a special, a very special uh, project, I guess.
3: Yeah, that pro- that actually, um, I might even have one of those. I told you I had stuff everywhere. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> the
2: um,
3: this actually was not a, a Hasbro project, but I had been approached a few years ago about this um, from this company, Fresh Monkey Fiction, and I guess they had asked Larry if if they could work on. An, an homage to him and, and make an action figure of him. And he, he signed off obviously. And so I, I got tasked with doing this and it was um this is sort of a, a funny little <laughs> anecdote, I guess, but I, I wanted to be really, really sure. Cause obviously, uh, you know, if it wasn't clear, I have the utmost respect for Larry. I think we all do. So I, I've reached out to Larry and I said, Hey, I just want to make 100% sure I know everything seems like it's on the up and up, but just for my own peace of mind, I want to make sure that you agreed to this, you did sign off on this, so, you know, you're totally <laughs> cool with this. And I said, and if, and if that is the case, I said, do you have any kind of photos you want me to base this art on? Because you know, I want I wanted to do your likeness hmm. justice. So obviously some people think more some photos of themselves are more flattering or whatever. And I didn't hear back. And I waited and waited and I wrote him again and I was like, I just really want to make sure, you know, like, I don't want to do this without your blessing and I didn't hear back and so, finally I wrote him and I was like, okay, well, like, I'm sorry, but like, I have to start this, so like, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do and I hope you like it and then he writes me back and he says, yeah, I signed off on it, here's some pictures and he sends me a folder that's got like photos of him wearing sunglasses, photos of him holding a sword in front of his face, photos of long hair and I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) I can't use so, any of these, <laughs> so i I just tried to do what I could, and he he actually didn't like the first pass at it, and I was really like oh. at a lost thing because we were getting down to the wire, so I took another shot at it, and then from what I heard, he loved it, so hope that's true. Um, but <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that was a that was a pretty cool fun little thing to get to do i uh I, I believe it's the only action figure that that's not tunnel rat that that's actually Larry, so that's kind of a, a neat thing. I've hmm. I, I've been slowly over the years building a small collection of action figures of comic creators. Like there's that Marvel Legends Stan Lee figure and uh, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a, a fun little side set.
2: It's a niche.
3: Yeah. So, <laughs> cool, cool, cool I got the got to be in that collection now. It's really well That's rendered. That no, jacket and everything. So yeah it's just cool. been um you know so much of my life so much of my life uh, revolves around G.I. Joe in some way I mean even like I think when you did the last recording with Robert and Billy the reason I couldn't be on was because I was at a G.I. Joe toy show so I yeah. uh, you know I sort of live eat, breathe sleep this stuff so it's uh it's it's a it's a great time to be a fan really and you know not not just for selfish reasons but because legitimately it's just you know it, it's just so cool to have all this new stuff and to be excited about it and, and and you can see it ramping up you know to, to see the fandom growing online and and the the more active discussion is is really encouraging
2: mm. and we've got a, we got an interesting question here as well for for everybody curious what character you've uh you thought uh like most to draw so uh and we you know we could make it broader as well what would guess be your dream project so who, which, which character do you do you most enjoy a chance to to take a, a crack at drawing, and and if the, what would be, I guess, your ultimate GI Joe project that would could come along that you could get uh, involved in? Who wants to Who wants one. to take a crack at that first?
1: I got one. Uh, Go believe it. it or not, the character that I like coloring the most is the character that wears white, uh, Storm Shadow. <laughs> okay. I always love, even though it seems simple, it's like oh, the character wears white. I always love when I render that character and just the how how complex white can be, especially when you're showing shadows and folds. Um, I love the design of the character, and I just I always love how when you do the combination of the the, the skin tones, the warm skin tones with the uh, with the white costume. I, I just always love how that turns out. So my my favorite is definitely Storm Shadow. I'll I go the opposite.
4: One. and oh, sorry, great, go ahead. I'll go the opposite way and say S- snake eyes. I'll be the dark <laughs> side. <laughs> like I was trying to think of something more creative or clever or different, but I gotta say I like snake eyes the best. Just like ninjas are cool, dark ninjas are cool. Swords yeah, are cool. It, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. cool. and I like drawing yeah. faces and stuff. But it's fun to try to make people expressive without having a face to draw as well. A little challenge. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. but. Yeah, I'd say that one, too. So it'd be fun to do a Snake Eyes versus Storm Shadow. I got to do a little bit in the movie adaptation a long time ago, so that was really fun. But different designs, but pretty similar.
1: I remember that. Yeah.
2: Did you you color it? I colored everything.
1: (laughs) I remember the movie adaptation. Did you color it? Uh, I I got to go back. I I didn't color it. I think I did a few pages back then. It was my early days.
0: Yeah, mine too. (laughs) Andrew? Um, I don't know. I like, I always like the, the pairing up of like um, um of Destro and the Baroness and like the darker colors and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. just like those earliest like designs were just so unique. And, you know, and like, they really helped define the idea for me as being something different than just like, just like a straight up military book. You know, I always love those iconic original character designs. And um, I guess for me, like my dream project was always to do more um, packaging art stuff. Like I'd, I've done some of that for Transformers, but not like other brands, but
4: hmm. yeah, Transformer stuff looks really good. That's just, yeah. It's different, like the hard surface versus uh, organic yeah. stuff,
0: yeah, uh, yeah cause I always grew up like just worshiping like the original packaging art on all those 80s brands, you know. It's just yeah. always, always sucked me right into that world of whatever it was, you know. <laughs> That's what it's there for, huh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Maybe, Um, Andrew, maybe you can answer this question. Why is G.I. Joe better than Transformers? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Careful. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have characters like Hawkwave that are just a circle for a face and then you're told to make them emote.
2: Mm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. okay adam, um, adam uh, without without giving away anything too much about your th- the amazing projects you are actually sure. doing what would be your...
3: <laughs> I'm, gonna g- I'm gonna give you two answers a, a cobra and a joe so uh cobra is a uh, cobra law royal guard would be my uh my oh my, uh, oh
2: my I, 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 I
3: have a mild obsession with this this character so i the have an army i have almost 200 <laughs> of that figure so
2: uh, I couldn't count. The, I couldn't even count the number of bags that you had. Never mind the number wow. of figures. So. Uh, four, but
3: so yeah. I, I'm going oh, for man. fifty a bag. So uh, three. So, almost two hundred. So yeah. So that's that's the Cobra pick for sure. And uh, and and on the Joe side, we got my uh, my man Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, <laughs> that, those those are, those are my two guys. Um, I mean, but but I but I love drawing all things GI Joe and Cobra. So you know, but, but those are the the two big ones.
2: <laughs> and uh, Diana has a similar question, who's your favourite Duke <laughs> to draw and why is it Duke? Well, uh, she, she already 15. knows the answer because she
3: commissioned me to draw Duke one time and, and I gave her, a, I think it was, he's wearing Tiger Force and a, and we're asking why he would uh, want to wear Star Brigade armour, so, you know. <laughs> I, uh,
2: there he is, there yeah. he is. We,
3: we, all, we all got love for Duke, the wackier the better, Let, let's go Star Brigade. Uh,
2: Excellent. Um, so uh i guess wrapping up uh now uh this is your opportunity to i guess plug anything so uh starting top left adam uh where sh- should people go to check out your stuff what should they be looking out for
3: uh well i can't tell them what they should be looking out for but um
2: <laughs> <laughs> well it's your uh, opportunity to plug whatever i guess
3: uh, you know uh Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Twitter, it's at Adam Riches Art. Facebook, it's at Adam Rich's Art. Or I have that's that's my art page. I have another page that's just me. You'll know you'll know it's me because you'll see my face. Um, uh, yeah, I'm very very interactive on all the fan forums and Joe pages and stuff. So feel free to reach out if you ever just want to talk Joe, ask questions that I didn't answer here, whatever, um, and. Hopefully within the next month we'll be able to have something really huge to talk about that I can't yet. And uh, also I just want to take this opportunity because I know he's going to watch. I just, I just want to uh, give give a shout out to our, our man Tim Finn that's not here. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I'm a collector of Tim's art as well. He uh, we? Tim. Uh, uh, so I so missed, let's shout. Uh, oh, oh I'm oh, sorry. Out. Let's let's, let's, <laughs> let's do it again.
4: Let's
3: do it again. <laughs> uh, so great colors. I love the colors. Yeah, they. they so sh- shout out to uh, to Tim's store, Hub Comics. The uh, the reason that I have those is because Tim has been helping me to get all the GI Joe variant uh, one in ten incentive covers. So I let him stockpile like four or five months at a time, and then he mails me those with a sketch. And now now that I've called him out on the sketches, he'll never be able to get away with not sending me one. Now that he knows I'm saving them. Um, so yeah, sh- shout out to Tim. You should have been here. You uh, you really failed all of us. We're, we're extremely disappointed in you. Uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah. Hubcomics.com. Uh there we go uh, Kate, Casey uh, what should people be checking out from you I guess your trade paperback of your issue is probably going to be out uh, soon but um, certainly uh, otherwise check out the uh, the the back issue bins to try and find it because yeah it was a uh, it was a fun issue
4: yeah I've just um, been mostly doing commissions lately um, I got a patreon page just Casey Maloney on patreon. Uh, I got a general art page, just caseymaloneyart.com And I'll post some stuff on Instagram, just like sketches and stuff. Uh, that's Case Malone. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm just doing mostly commissions and creator-owned work right now. But always willing to do more Joe and stuff.
2: Cool. And then I'll do an- another plug there. That was your issue, oh. ARA289. That, that was your cover. Don Snake eyes her. is
4: really fun to draw too. I'll say that, <laughs> keeping cover. in the Snake Eyes territory. But she's really cool.
0: I love her. That was one of the character spotlight issues, right?
4: Yeah, I've never been—I've uh, never done like a big GI Joe mm. with all the characters. I, like, I'm kind of glad because that's really hard work. Like, <laughs> I wish I had all the toys for reference, like you guys do. Like, that's so helpful. But yeah, I've mostly been like very the storylines I've drawn have been kind of focused on one or two characters at a time. So I've been I don't know what the word for it is, but <laughs> it's a different thing than I feel like a lot of G.I. Joe books are usually written as, usually far-reaching, huge ensemble, you know, globe-trotting and all that stuff, which is fun. I'm down.
2: <laughs> sure. And, uh, yeah, Andrew's Andrews issues from Murder by Assassination, the oh. uh, Storm Shadow Spotlight issue there, 286, and the October Guard issue. Uh, all a lot of fun so uh, check those out and they'll be in in the trade paperbacks fairly soon as as well but uh, Andrew what else are you working on at at the moment and we can look out for
0: well I just as you know the Transformers license is ending at IDW2 so I just I worked on some some of like the wrap up kind of issue storylines for that so that's something I finished recently and I'm about to start I got asked to do and I agreed to. I, I'm kind of waiting on an email to get actually started on it. But I think I'm doing a little more G.I. Joe before it ends at IEW. So awesome. that's going to be my next kind of thing. And then mm-hmm. on the side, I'm kind of focusing more on like creator own stuff right now. Some different people that I've worked with in comics over the years and stuff, different writers and things. So see if any of those kind of take off or not. But that's kind of what I'm doing right now. And I'm doing some of the Renegade stuff too. Some some stuff with them. So. Oh, very cool.
3: For the role oh, play games.
2: Okay, fit the...
0: the cards. Oh, the, yeah,
2: the cards. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Okay. Look it's forward to card seeing art? some of that.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Some card art. Uh, I've always wanted to do that.
2: Because they're they're releasing like the little miniatures for the for the games. That'd be so right?
0: fun. I'm trying to like um. I, well, well, did some other stuff. I don't know if I can say so. Okay,
2: but, okay, but okay, anyway, okay,
0: That's kind of what I'm doing right now with some of the renegade stuff and some Mighty stuff. So many nice. secrets around here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And, Jay, uh, where can people find you? And is there anything that you want to give a little plug for?
1: Uh, well, I mean, we're on the road to 300. G.I. Joe, a real American issue. Uh, the issue um, monthly is coming. Uh, Shannon galland is drawing this final arc. Maria Keen is inking it. Shannon is leaving everything on the field. The detail levels are insane. He's putting us through our paces, but um, <laughs> it's great stuff. And uh, I'm at uh, jbrowncolors.com, and you can see bits of G.I. Joe things there, as well as um, other um, crowdfunded projects and stuff for other publishers that I'm working on. But um, this last arc is is going to be insane levels of action and, and detail. And lots of great variant covers as well.
2: Excellent. Yeah I yeah, to it Maria keen, uh... by the way. I
1: like working with her a lot. Oh, she's, oh yes, she's of great. course. And she's fast, too
2: yeah <laughs> very very good uh so i think that that is pretty much it um thank you to all of you f- very much for for taking the time to to spend it with us it was a uh, uh, really great uh, chatting to you and finding about more about the the process as well we've got a sign out which i doubt that anyone apart from adam might be brave enough to join in with <laughs> but i'll put it as a ticker along the bottom and let's uh see what happens so uh, uh that's us done but remember that <laughs> This is the space for you. Nobody beats <laughs> fucking Joe. Fucking Joe. An international, an international podcast.
3: podcast. <laughs> I
4: don't
2: know That's the melody. That's the stuff. That's the it... stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Laters.
4: Bye.